welcome um welcome to positive properties real stream um i'm here tonight with um australia conveyancing so we've got henry davis and matthew i've forgotten your surname kelly matthew kelly, kelly. welcome <laughs> this evening thank you i know you've been thrown in the deep end but um we do appreciate your time so a little bit of background about um, Australia Conveyancing. So we've recently partnered up Positive Property and Australia Conveyancing so that we can give you a, a, a basically a one-stop shop of professionals to help you through your property journey, I suppose. So your investment journey. Um, so let's let the gentlemen give you an update of who they are and what they do. So who yeah. wants to start first, Henry or Matt? I'll go first. All right, Henry. Floors yours. So I'm the um, the principal of Australia Conveyancing, um, uh, but I do a lot of other things as well. So um, my name is Henry Lloyd Davis. I'm based in Adelaide, um, and I actually uh, started off in the Air Force. I used to hunt submarines uh, and spy on China on the APC three Orion. So um, turns out though I get airsick. So that was not the chosen profession for me. Um, and I then transferred over to doing law, mainly because I really wanted to go to Hogwarts. Uh, and you speak some Latin and, and all of this thing, you know, all of a sudden stuff happens. So I became a lawyer and I specialize in the most interesting area of, of the law, which is taxation, uh, which everyone knows and loves. And from that, I had a lot of um, conveyancing clients who um, also wanted to go with somebody they trusted and also understood a lot of the background of these structures and things like that. So I um, decided to start my own company in terms of um, specializing in conveyancing. Uh, called Australia Conveyancing. Um, I'm also on the Adelaide City Council. I'm looking at uh, constructing Adelaide's first skyscraper, which is a 183-metre tall building on North Terrace. Uh, and I've been running that project as the chairman for the last three years. Uh, and, um, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And I also am building chicken boxes on the weekends because I'm hoping to get chicken. So that's, that's basically uh, me in a nutshell. Okay, chicken. So you're going to have a full time stream of eggs coming in. It's very expensive these days. Like they are, yes, yes. Okay, that's a good money saver. And everyone, you need to start building chicken coops in your backyard. <laughs> Matthew. Hi, uh, my name's uh, my name's Matthew Kelly. So I've been a conveyancer for all of my career, straight out of high school. Um, I've worked in a number of different offices from law firms to conveyancing firms. The majority of my time spent in, um, in legal practices. And um, in 2016, me uh, and a couple of others in South Australia uh, were the first employees of PEXA, which is the uh, digital settlement platform that all conveyances now um, use to settle their properties across Australia. So um, I was tasked with rolling electronic conveyancing out across SA and um, and supporting the change from paper to 100% digital and um, that finished up about 12 months ago where um, I've gone back on the tools I guess you could say back into conveyancing again in a hands-on capacity and um, yeah happy to be here um, supporting Henry with Australia yeah. Conveyancing. Yeah I think we've got a really good team on board and particularly um, the, uh, the experience that we have um, in Matt and Dan are, uh, they're excellent, um, you know, people who be involved in Australia conveyancing to make sure everything goes smoothly. And I also know that they, um, they might secretly have a bat phone just in case something goes wrong. So, uh, it's always good to have on board. Very good. So what makes you different to other conveyances? Why, yes. why did we choose to go with you? 
Yeah, so um, conveyancing uh, used to be done uh, by lawyers. I suppose it was actually um, predominantly uh, a paper-based system. So, well, we, you know, to, you might have heard your uh, the saying to stake a claim. So back in the day, people used to have four stakes. They would shove them in the ground and whatever was in the middle of that, that was your land. Um, and that's called the stake a claim. And you basically take control of it and squat on it. Um, and so until Robert Torrens, I think it was Robert Torrens, um, in South Australia, very early in, uh, well, I suppose late in the 18th century, um, he created this idea of having a centralised register um, where everyone would record what property they owned. Progress a couple of hundred years and, and then um, Matt Kelly comes along and invents a digital system of doing that with verifications and keys and dongles and all this stuff. <laughs> So Don't necessarily take um, take the credit for inventing it. Oh, sorry, I, I keep giving you full credit <laughs> for it. It. you know a multi like billion dollar piece of software, but no, it was yeah, basically just all me. Yeah, all him. All right, um, he, he puts a disclaimer right every single time afterwards. But basically, um, what happened was that um, it used to be lawyers who had conduct of these conveyances, and and then it moved away where um, conveyances you would go to and get a separate qualification, separate from a law degree. Um, and um, you could start your own conveyancing company after completing uh, that training. So um, the other thing is it's normally conveyances only operate in a single state. So there's two things there that Australia conveyancing is aiming to do differently. Is one, Australia conveyancing is looking to be able to uh, take your files all over Australia and have continuity with you um, all over and, and manage your investments all over Australia. And I know that George, for example, with different tax strategies that he implements and also he has a clock, I know about different times and he manages that very carefully. Um, he might recommend that you have some properties in different states depending on where you are in that clock. And so it's really important, I think, to have a conveyance that is across your file. I'm also a tax lawyer. So the structures that, um, you know, that you're actually putting these properties in for asset protection, I actually know I'm very familiar with um, what those structures are. And so by having someone who has a continuity over your file um, uh, can actually lead to uh, more efficiencies and also preventing mistakes in terms of it going into the wrong entity. Because some of these structures, the more they get complicated, um, the more things can get mixed up. The second side of that is I'm actually a practicing solicitor and most conveyances aren't solicitors. So I'll have overview of your file. Um, uh, Matt and Dan do a lot of the heavy lifting in the firm, but I'll also have overview of what's going on in your particular file. So if that questions arise or something happens, I'm very familiar with who you are and you don't have to then go and get you know, uh, a large firm, I suppose, and then go and meet with their principal uh, for $600 an hour and then do a proposal and a terms of engagement, all this type of stuff when something might be quite urgent. So by having um, a lawyer basically um, on, on the, on, uh, presiding over the uh, conveyance, I should say, um, as you go along, if anything should go awry, then you'll have that support there immediately. So that's why Australia conveyancing is different. One, we're looking to have a national coverage uh, and we're expanding our reach at the moment. And secondly, we have lawyers on staff. So how, how secure is my contract going uh, from state to state around? Like I'm, I'm sending a contract from Western Australia to you in South Australia. <laughs> oh, that's a great thing about PEXA. Yeah. Matt, that's probably a great question for you. 
<laughs> so both both with using PEXA and with our um, internal systems that we use uh, for document management and communication in Australia conveyancing, um, they have some of the highest security encryption um, levels that you can have in anywhere in the world. So we've uh, implemented a number of different platforms that we use to communicate with both positive property, but also any mortgage brokers and, and other real estate agents and third parties who are involved in the transaction. So um, it's a way that we um, uh, uh, we avoid using email by all costs and um, and we, we always communicate just in secure encrypted service. Yeah. And you got, a, you got your jungle? Oh, for PEXA? Yeah. So um, the way that uh, your matter would be digitally certified in PEXA. So... Um, land registry instruments, trust account debits, things like that, they all used to be signed with a pen. Obviously, these days, um, you can't use a pen on the internet. So um, a digital certificate is what's used instead. And this is what a digital certificate looks like. I've always got mine on my keys. It goes everywhere with me. So, um, uh, yeah, that's that's how you... Um, it's, it's how it's stored on USB. You plug that into the computer and that's how we load our cr credentials into the into the system. Hmm. Okay. Um, awesome. so what is the encryption standard? We can definitely provide the encryption standard if anybody's um, looking for it. We have all of the um, the encryption uh, credentials of the platforms that we use, but they're quite lengthy and difficult to um, yeah difficult to to explain quickly. Okay. Yeah. So for first time investors, and I know we'll have some people watching who. This is run of the mill. They've done this a couple of times, but then we have those who are really new and, and green, I suppose, is a, is a good word. If there was one thing that you could tell them to look for in a contract or one thing to take note of, what would it be? Uh, from my perspective, it would be the key dates. So um, when you are signing a contract, get as much advice as you can beforehand about how long everything's going to take. So how long it's going to take to... Um, uh, transfer your deposit. Your deposit might be held in a term deposit or somewhere that you need to, you know, not just have at call access to that money. So make sure that you you can you can quickly pay the deposit by the due date. How long is the finance application going to take? How long does your finance broker need to prepare for your formal finance approval? Because that will be required under the contract. And then, of course, once the formal finance is uh, granted or approved, then there's a number of other um, documents and paperwork that need to be prepared by the bank and signed by you. And there can be another long period of time after formal finance is approved before the bank will be in a position to settle. So just be aware of the key dates in the contract, the deposit payment, the finance due date, the settlement date, and whether or not there is sufficient time between those dates to have everything happen on time. Of course, if, if you get to a finance due date or a settlement date and um, and you're not ready to go, you, you don't have those, um, don't have the finance finance ready, um, there can be penalties under that contract that, you know, the, the vendor may need to serve notice on you to say that you haven't complied with your side of the deal and things like that. So um, it's, it's, it's best avoided if we can possibly avoid yeah. it. So, so dates are important. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's have your deposit yeah. transferred so that it's cleared by that set date, things yeah. like that. Yeah, and that's one of the great things about what George is putting together um, through his program through Positive Property is that he has that circle of safety. So with the mortgage brokers um, and George um, and, and us and the lawyers, 
we're all very familiar with who we are um, and and how we how we work and we can always communicate. So um, generally, we understand our what our well, we always understand what the, each other's systems are, and so that guarantees, I suppose, a a much smoother transition where sometimes there can be a lot of miscommunication between when your structures need to be set up or whether your mortgage broker has got finance um, or when your conveyances are going through. And it really does need to go through seamlessly. Otherwise, yeah, uh, you can end up being sued for non-settlement. And nobody wants that. Nobody we wants like to that. keep our money. Yeah, lawyers would love that, yeah. Lawyers yeah. would love that, yes, yeah. yes. Not me, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Henry, we know that um, you're on part of the council. You do some work with them. I've got a curly question for you, and it, yeah. it's something that was put to me recently, so I'm just going to throw it out there and um, see what you come up with. So basically it was what does the council look for when it's um, approving developments and why does the council approve a development and then right at the time when the plans are being sealed and everything's being lodged, why do they go, we want you to change something and well, delay registration? Yeah, well, council's going to make it too easy for you, right? So um, if your life was easy, you know, you'd live a long time. It's not good for, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, look, the thing is that um, it, I can talk to South Australia because we've actually just gone through this. Um, new system where it used to be the case that every single council area had their own um, uh, set of rules, I suppose, and their own um, criteria for what would get approved in their area depending on their regions. Um, South Australia has just gone to a consolidated system. There's now 3,300 pages um, of this bloody development act. It's ridiculous. It's onerous and uh, incredibly complex. Now, from a council point of view, um, the uh, new rules actually give them a very short window when they actually have to make these approvals and push them through. So there's still, um, just talking to South Australia, there's a lot of confusion um, about how those um, how that actually gets implemented and there's also some very strict timelines. Um, normally what you would do is you'd submit it for, I suppose there's different types of development applications, um, whether they're complying or non-complying. Um, and whether you have to go to the council assessment panel or whether the internal staff are willing to approve it. Now, the that's another really important thing about the circle of safety is having planners in your area that can understand that specific system. Um, in, a, in South Australia, it is now, it used to be the case where you would be wanting to look for planners that, sorry, focus in the area where you're seeking that approval because every council is um, different. Um, but now you're looking at a very, very complex document that everyone's trying to get their, their head around. So I think that's just part of your circle of safety where you need to get the right planners on board to make sure that you're not held up at council because if you don't have the planning approval and you can't settle and you don't really want to commit to it, you know, you you might, and you've got a building contract uh, sitting there as well pressing on you, you really do want to make sure that everything's lined up um, before, you know, uh, and, and on time and on the budget, I suppose. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, well, I think that just about wraps us up for our Facebook Live tonight. So thank you, gentlemen. Um, I do appreciate your time. And for everyone else who is watching, um, we're going to jump on over to our SHERP. So you guys are, are more than welcome to come in and join us there. We can do more of a Q&A with um, the guys and you can ask them anything you want. 
we'll get into a bit more detail. Anything. We can go in more detail, yes, yes. Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll see you all then. Thank you ever so much. Have a good night. Cheers.